Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from the King of kings, Christ our dear Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the text for this morning comes from that gospel reading. Trying to mind my own business, I heard a young captain discuss about the horrendous nature of the culture of Islam. About how they treat their women and about horrible things they do to one another. And how the United States of America was a far greater place. Not to disagree with the horrendous acts, but to keep things in perspective, I said to him, and yet our country, the one about which we boast, has for over 36 years given the nod of approval as a government to the mutilation and murder of unborn children. Which culture really is the more grotesque and horrendous? One that openly does it to those outside the womb or the other? There is not a perfect nation under the sun, and there never has been a perfect nation under the sun. But man has continually attempted to merge all things of God and of this world into a utopian society. And each time it has been tried, it has been shown to be full of hypocrisy and full of saying one thing and doing another. And yet, our Old Testament reading says very clearly that Christ is the King of all, that He reigns from the right hand of God the Father Almighty, that nothing can be raised up or put down in this world over the course of the history of this world without Him, the King, allowing it. And that raises a lot of paradoxical questions. If Christ is benevolent, loving, merciful and gracious, and he is the king of all, and nothing can be raised up or brought down without him, why then does he allow such things to occur in this world? Even at the height of Israel's great time, the wisest king in the world, Solomon, was not as pure as the driven so either, and neither was the nation. Injustices have been done, and ha injustices have been done to us, and we have perpetrated them upon others. All for the sake of justice. We say we're giving a woman a right over her own body, that's justice. They say, we're allowing the religion to be purified by exterminating these people. 
And what does our Lord say? Our Lord says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, they would have fought to prevent me from being taken by the Jews. But now, as I say to you, my kingdom is not of this world. And so the mistaken notion that has been perpetuated through time, that there will be this utopian society of a thousand-year reign of Christ, the millennium, where he will reign from the city of Jerusalem, is truly a false teaching and is not in line with Scripture. For God's kingdom is not seen in this world and will never be seen in this world in a manner that's recognizable to an unbeliever. His kingdom reigns and his kingdom moves forward imperceptible to this world's eyes. And this kingdom has come unto you. You have been ushered into this kingdom upon your baptism. You have been made a member of this kingdom. You have hearkened unto the voice of the shepherd who speaks truth to you and your spirit resonates with the Holy Spirit because of that Holy Spirit and says yea and amen to such truth. But it sure doesn't look like it. And it will never look like it in this world. Look at your family. Look at my family. None of us are without an embarrassing thing, whatever it may be. None of us are devoid of having made wrong decisions and living with consequences of such decisions. None of us are without sin being perpetuated upon us and us sinning upon another. All for the sake of justice and an appearance of worldly righteousness. Break the notion, brothers and sisters, for this world offers you and me nothing. And our Lord knows this world is dead and dying and shall be nothing. We are continually drawn into the vortex of the hypocrisy that says there is a need to keep one foot in this world and one foot in heaven. My kingdom is not of this world. That's why Pilate got into the conversation with Jesus. So you're a king. His idea, his concept of king, as one who has truly drank, drank deep at the cup of this worldly wisdom, says to himself and to all, then if you are a king, let us figure out how to solve this problem. For I perceive you, this is Pilate talking, that you are not worthy of death. You're a radical, you're a complete left or right wing, however you wish to be described. You are a half a bubble off, but you are not worthy of death. So, let's discuss this. Jesus does not discuss it because it is not a matter up for discussion. It is his destiny to die. It is the only time the Father has willed death. Did you hear that? It is the only time the Father has willed death. Not yours, mind you, never yours. His sons for your sake. 
And he obediently says, Amen, Father, and walks that way to the cross to usher in his kingdom to you. The world listens to this tripe from the world's perspective. The world listens to this tripe and says, this is radical, or this is left or right, or this is completely a half a bubble off. And that's what you're fed every time you leave here. For the voice of the shepherd is not in this world, it's here. The truth that brings comfort and peace on your dying day is not out there, it's here. It's being given to you, laid upon your ears, fed to you, where the voice of the shepherd says, this is truth. Let it not be taken from you. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I have come into the world. And that is to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. That's why you're here. By God's grace, your ears have been made to be hearing, your eyes to be seeing. You have been brought by the one who has brought such healing to you. And you come here to hear such truth to be built up, to be strengthened. For you know not when that day or hour shall come when he says today is your day to be with me in glory. For Bernie, it was yesterday. We know not when it will come for you or me. We wait for that coming day when Christ will finally set free this world that is dead and dying and all of the creatures who have been waiting for that day, who are alive on that day. But until then, we pray, come, Lord Jesus, come, free us, take us home. There is only truth in you. This world offers nothing but a very bitter end. There is no kingdom to be found of joy and nirvana and utopia. It is not. It is here where the voice of the shepherd speaks truth and says, here, as you and I wait, here is where you will find such solace in your waiting. Next Sunday, we step into the season of Advent, which is our preparation for the celebration of Christ's first coming when truth became incarnate and the voice of the shepherd was heard with living ears from the shepherd's own lips. But while we celebrate his first coming, we are always aware that he will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. And his coming may be met with our being alive on that day, and his coming may be met with us being alone in our meeting him that day. You have heard the voice of your shepherd, and you are here to continually hear such a voice that speaks truth. His hand is one that holds you close and does not let go of you. He takes your doubts and embraces them with his truth 
takes your concerns and fears and completely covers them with his truth, bathes you in such truth. He takes the sins perpetuated upon you and the injustices that you have endured and have given to others and frees you of the guilt and cleanses you as white as snow with that truth from his lips. And he feeds you such things at that rail that only he can feed you. Truth that you can touch, taste, and see. And truth that has and will ever set you free. In his name, the King of kings, your King and mine, Jesus. Amen. peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds on Christ Jesus to life eternal. Amen.